you're about to hear a true story of someone who has taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host, and thank you for joining me. Roxanne, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I am so looking forward to getting to know you and hearing your story. So thank you for joining me. But first start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a life and love coach. I also do inspirational speaking and I am a spiritual guide, energy healer and shaman. Wow. Just a few and, fun things there. Yeah. And a mother of four beautiful children. So. Okay. Yes. You got to get that in there. <laughs> That's first. <laughs> With a great life partner. He's, he's listening. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's good. Good. Get a little shout out there too, to the hubs. So yeah. awesome. Well, then you've got to tell me how you became all of these things. There's a story here. So you've got to take me back and tell me your lemon to lemonade story. Yeah, absolutely. So I just always had this deep knowingness inside of me that I was meant to do something great with my life. I felt like I was always being called to kind of serve humanity on a very greater scale as, as how I can kind of frame it. I just knew that I was going to do something. I just didn't really fully understand the capacity of what that was going to look like. And I remember, you know, being a small girl, I would always ask my family and friends, like, do you have this feeling inside of you, like a burning, you know, feeling of fire that you're just going to, you know, <laughs> rise from the ashes and just kind of like serve humanity. And they're like, oh no, like, I, I don't know what that is. They're like, I'm going to be a doctor and lawyer. I'm like, oh, that's great. But like, do you have like this feeling of like being called to do something great? And they're like, no. So I kind of went like my entire life, just not understanding or being able to resonate with anyone in that capacity and being able to kind of validate my feelings and just have that affirmation that what I was feeling was something to be of truth. And it wasn't kind of later in my self-mastery journey that I was encountering other soulful beings that had the same feeling, the same burning sensation, and that were being called as well. So it wasn't until then I kind of had that clarity, which was absolutely incredible. But from that point to all the way to the self-mastery journey, I had went through tumultuous, unhealthy relationships after one, after another, to a very, very unhealthy marriage where I ended up leaving with my three beautiful children. And then I just kind of started my self-mastery journey. And it really, really, like, I think the trigger point for me where it activated was when I had my daughter. And I just realized that I wasn't living in alignment and I wasn't showing her what I would want for her in, you know, the aspects of love career wise and so forth. And that really kind of allowed me to kind of start my self mastery journey. And then shortly after I had left my marriage, I experienced four near death experiences and which each near death experience really brought me closer to my calling and to a little bit more deeper into my awakening period. And that is when I kind of discovered that I was always coaching. I was always energy healing. I was always guiding others. I just never labeled it. I never knew that those things were my gifts. So it was really just like such an incredible experience when all those things had come together. Oh my goodness. And I am fascinated by near-death experiences. I've read so many things about them. Share with me a little bit more details about these near-death experiences. And those are really lemon to lemonade stories right there. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the first near-death experience, I was traveling um, with a friend of mine who was driving my vehicle and here in Toronto, like Ontario, like in Canada, I guess I'll just landmark it for others. We get like really severe snowstorms, like minus 40 to minus 50, three feet on like three feet of snow on the road. And we had decided that we were going skiing the night before, but that morning there was like a massive storm. And I had this feeling inside of me that I would like, I shouldn't go. Like I wanted to cancel yet. I didn't want to cancel at the last minute. Cause you know, you never want to do that to someone. So I kind of, you know, neglected that feeling. And when we got into the car, I had this feeling and I looked at my crystal angel, who, which was gifted to me by one of my patients that I had guided years and years before. And I just like, I felt her and like, usually like, I always get like a beautiful feeling, like a beautiful sensation, like love. Like I just, I don't know. It's just the connection that I feel to it. And it just felt off. And I was like, I just had this vision. I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to get into an accident today. Like it's going to be a bad accident. Like I just, I had the feeling and he was driving in the weather and like, I've driven with him my entire life yet. I was a little bit like distraught. Like I felt like something was off and I didn't want to voice it because I didn't want to insult him with his driving. So we were on this like back road highway, like a country road highway. And all of a sudden on an unfamiliar highway, like we've never driven this highway before. And we were going to these skiing grounds. And all of a sudden in the highway, there's literally a 90 degree cut in the highway. And one way is the rock cliff. And the next way is the cliff. And what ended up happening is that the snow kind of built a ramp on the guardrail. So we ended up going 90 feet. It was a 90 foot drop, 50 feet airborne. And we landed on a frozen lake. And we were obviously absolutely in shock. And the only thing that wasn't damaged in the entire wreck was the driver, myself and my crystal angel and the police officers, the tow truck drivers, the neighbors that lived at the corner of like of the accident. They couldn't believe that we weren't dead on impact like that. He, he's like, I, I, I don't have any reasoning. The only thing I logical thing I can think of is like the aerodynamics of your car saved you and you landed on your tires because he's like the only like when I look at the tracks, when they did the investigation, like the vehicle was already slanted to the left. So it being slanted to the left, it should have technically rolled and it shouldn't have, you know, went back on its wheels. And when they were sweeping the vehicle out of the lake, literally we had missed a like massive rock boulder by two millimeters. And if we would have landed on that, we would have been crushed on impact. So that really started my awakening period. And that really kind of triggered me to start questioning my career, start questioning my life, start questioning my life cycles and just questioning my belief system and just kind of going down that beautiful journey of self-mastery. So that was the first one. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. That's so scary. I can't even believe that. Yeah. And it was funny oh. is that when I was a little girl, I had this reoccurring dream that I was going over a cliff and, but it was fresh water. It wasn't a frozen lake. And it was like, it was like a, a repetitive dream. Like it always came to me. And when it happened, it's almost like that fear went away. It was so bizarre. Wow. It was so wow. bizarre. You are so in tune. I can't believe this. This is incredible. Okay. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Holy cow. This is crazy. <laughs> Ooh. So the next one was uh, about six months after that, I started hemorrhaging to death. Um, from my uterus. They just couldn't figure out what the issue was. They couldn't resolve it. They thought that they had it, but they couldn't resolve the issue. And I ended up hemorrhaging on three different occasions within a six month span and clinging to life 
all three times until one of the surgeons was actually able to fix it. So yeah, that was a crazy awakening period for me as well. Like just to knowing it's going to happen and the thought of like leaving my children behind without a mother and like all those sensations, all those feelings just kind of coming to the forefront. And then just me realizing that I wasn't being honest with myself throughout my life. I was telling myself I was happy and that I was good and I was content, but really that didn't sit and feel in alignment with my soul. Yeah. Yeah. When you have those moments where you are literally bleeding to death and you're having transfusions and you're just waiting, you know, to see if you get it to stop and you're going to live. It really yeah. gets you thinking. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Holy cow. That's scary too. Yeah. So those were the three, those, those all kind of were. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, the three times of bleeding out. And did <laughs> yeah. you get, you get like a hysterectomy or something, or were you just having tubal problems? And no, nothing. They couldn't, they couldn't explain exactly how the, the blood clot had gotten there. They couldn't explain why I was clotting and why I was hemorrhaging. They couldn't explain it because it wasn't an aneurysm though. They, they were worried at first, like it was going to go to my lung or to my yeah. brain or to my heart. And uh, yeah, it wasn't an aneurysm. So my goodness. So could it still come back at any time? I guess. I mean, I don't think so. I think that they have corrected it, but I do follow-ups every six months to a year just to make sure that there's nothing growing in there without me knowing. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And I love how you can share these lemon experiences and the good that you've learned from them already and just almost immediate, you know, it seems like you just kind of had those little bit of a wake up call each time where it really gave you clarity and yeah. what you could do to make lemonade. Absolutely. And I think that's really what brought me into having my own business and building my own entity and just, you know, having what felt really right in my soul, opposed to what we were conditioned to believe that we should work a nine to five job and feel unfulfilled and get the pension and get the benefits and stay there for 35 years and feel like zombies inside. So like, for me, it was just, it was such like a path of like incredibleness yet, you know, high emotion. Like when you go through awakening periods and we go through ascensional periods and we're growing on our self mastery journey, you know, relationships, friendships dissipate, careers dissipate, all these things kind of happen naturally just because our vibration is no longer, you know, at that frequency anymore. So yeah, it's, it was an incredible experience, but as most know, self-mastery journey is no easy task. And it's just about, you know, staying strong and persevering. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do now as part of your lemonade? Yeah. So for me, um, I'm going to lead up to how I became a spiritual guide and energy healer, because this is where my, <laughs> my lemonade is. Yeah. Uh, so I am indigenous. So I am Métis. I am French and native. So that is the culture here in Canada. And I have ancestral roots and generations of shamans. So for those that don't know what a shaman is, so a shaman is a medicine doctor, herbal doctor, um, energy doctor, energy healer, anything of that capacity that we would have in our tribe. And this, you know, happened throughout the world. Like other people had these in their tribal communities as well as like the doctor of the community. And I didn't fully know that when I was a young girl, it was like through my own self-exploration that I had discovered that it was something that was kind of buried just because of everything that had happened in Canada with the indigenous population. It was just, you know, not, not a great scene to, to be at. And yeah, so about for about four months straight, I had this reoccurring dream of this incredible indigenous woman that came into my dream and she was standing in front of a ravina and she had teepees beside her. 
and the connection to her felt like she was my grandmother. Like it was like so warm and like so radiating. Like I just felt like complete love with her. And she had her arms extended to me and she was chanting this incredible song. And I was like, what is it? Like, what is she telling me? And I was hymning the song like almost every day. And my partner was like, wow, that's a beautiful song. Like, that's a beautiful chant. And he's like, wow. Like, I'm like, that's what she sings to me. He's like, wow, I've never heard that before. And so I'm shazamming it. I'm like, maybe subconsciously I picked it up somewhere and it's coming to me. So then I decided, I was like, okay, maybe I should just talk to one of the elders in my community who is a shaman, a Métis. And ask him like what this dream, maybe he can do a dream interpretation for me and let me know what this is. And I told him about my dream. He's like, he's like, oh my goodness. He's like, she's calling you to the land. Like she's calling you to like come to your ancestry and like, she's calling you to the land. And I hymn the song for him. He's like, oh my goodness. He's like, that's like that song. It's an old healing song, like, like, like a tribal healing song that hasn't been heard for over a hundred years. He's like, my great grandfather used to chant that to me, but not in that exact, like not in the exact way. Like it was almost like she had rendered it to me, like geared it to me. He's like, wow. He's like, she's calling you to land. He's like, you like, you're a shaman. Like you, you're meant to like follow your path. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, I don't fully understand. So then I had met with like a spiritual guide and she had told me, she's like, I had told her the dream and she's like, yeah, she's calling you to the land. She's calling you to become a healer. She's like, you are a shaman. Like it's time to like take your role and like, you know, fulfill your mission. And I was like, oh my goodness. And like when that happened, like that click had happened, I had known. And then I went on this incredible healing journey, which, you know, is a very like incredible story. And I went through this incredible healing journey on my own. And I was like, if I can affect this in one woman or change one life, then this is my soul's mission. And like, I will feel complete in that sense. And yeah, so I've been healing others in that capacity and there's nothing like it. Like, it's like, they can't, we can't ever go back to who we were anymore. It's when we have that knowledge, it's like, you can't unknow it. So yep. yeah, it's just an incredible experience. Yep. You know too much now and you have to share what you know. I love that you've been given that gift to do that. That's incredible. Yeah. The last night that I had had uh, the dream that she had came to me in my dream, I had woke up in the morning and I told my husband, I said, listen, like I, I need to go and heal. I need to go to the land and heal. And he's like, oh, like, where are you going? Yeah, I'm like, I'm going, in, I'm going in the forest <laughs> and it's about a two and a half hour drive away. And he's like, we have wolves and bears here. He's like, okay, we'll like bring protection. I'm like, no, like I feel protected, but I will bring it for your sanity. <laughs> so I went into the bush and like literally the entire drive there, I was crying the entire time. It was like almost like an incredible release where I was like reconnecting with my soul, reconnecting with my emotions and just allowing everything to align itself. And when I got to these healing grounds, mind you, that entire day was pouring rain, like torrential downpour. And it's about a 15 minute to 20 minute trek in the forest. And I know where like, you know, traditional healing grounds are. So I knew like the vibrancy of the energy. I saw the healing rock and I was like, this is where I need to heal. And I sat on this rock and I, like I conducted a smudging ceremony. And for those that don't know what a smudging ceremony is that we burn herbs. So we burn sage, cedar, palsanto, tobacco. And it's just something to cleanse our energy, to clear our energy and to just clear like our mind. It's just like an incredible ceremonial thing that we do in the indigenous culture and throughout other cultures in the world. And I'm sitting on this rock and I'm doing this smudging ceremony. 
and it's pouring rain and there's trees around me, but the rock, there's no enclosure over the rock. Not one drop of rain hit me the entire time that I was there. And I was sitting on that rock for over four hours, just crying and reconnecting to like my ancestry, reconnecting to like mother nature, the trees, like the animals. And all of a sudden a deer comes out, you know, a little bunny comes out, a chipmunk comes, hangs out with me beside the rock. There's a hummingbird flying from tree to tree, which hummingbirds don't usually typically fly when it's pouring rain. So it was just such an incredible experience. And after that day, like I was never the same person. And when I affected healing for others in that same capacity, they just were never the same. It was like such an incredible enlightening experience that they actually found themselves again and reconnected to who the essence of who they were. So yeah, so that was the healing journey. Wow, so powerful. What an amazing gift you've been given to have this. Yeah. Wow, that's that's incredible. I love this so much. Yeah, that's so I'm cool. At first I was like, wow, like, am I really this? And then when the shaman said, like, there's a procedure, there's an initiation when you're a shaman, like you can't just be a shaman. It's just, it's not like a medical doctor. Like you can't just go to medical school to become one. You have to be initiated into it. You have to be born into it. It has to be another shaman that recognizes that you're a shaman. There's like a whole like ceremony that happens about handing over a stick and like tobacco burning. Like it's, it's a huge process. So once that happened, it was like almost like the affirmation that I needed in order to kind of just, you know, release my power and just unleash who I was. And how long ago has this, or how long have you been doing this now? Yeah. So energy healing, I've been doing for a few years and the life coaching and love coaching really my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Since you were a young girl, it sounds yeah. like you were just giving advice to people. You were feeling it already. Yeah, I think it's just so important that we trust ourselves, that we trust where we're being guided and, you know, disallow the logical part of ourselves to interfere with that and just to actually focus on where our energy is being brought because we are energetic beings and our energy never dies and that's scientific, that's in the religion, you know, it's everywhere. We are energy, we are energy matter and that is the most important part of our being of the four layers that like that we're made of. So when we're not listening or in tune with that sense of ourselves, that's when we have all these disruptions and these imprints happening in our energy. And then that causes, you know, the mental health, the anxiety, the depression and so forth. So just really make sure to tune into who you are. It doesn't matter what other people think, just follow your gut, follow your instincts and, you know, allow yourself to be guided into your journey. Yeah. Did you have a lot of opposition when you were telling people what was happening in your life or were people just really supportive of you? Honestly, it was so funny. I think everyone has always known that I'm a very soulful person. Like I was always kind of referred to as like a very deep soul or old soul. So I don't think it was a surprise. It was almost just like, finally, <laughs> wow. you know, finally, like you got it. <laughs> like, wow. So that that's been incredible. And my parents aren't like overly spiritual, like, like people, like I've been like teaching them and they're like, wow, like we didn't know that we didn't know that we were energy. We didn't understand that our vibration, you know, like the frequencies of who we are and like. So I really just been kind of educating everyone. They're like, wow, like I didn't know that. So it's been incredible in that sense. Oh, I'm so glad it's been well received too, because I think it can go either way. I think when people want to lean into their passion and their purpose, hopefully they can get a lot of support in that and people can see that, yes, this is their life's path, 
But I think a lot of times they get resistance too, and it makes them hesitate or it makes them pause or be afraid because they aren't sure how it's going to be received. Yeah. And that's the thing is that you are given the vision, no one else, right? We were given the vision, no one else. And we are not meant to be alike. We are not meant to be the same. We all have our own individuality when it comes to our gifts, even though we're all interconnected. So I think it's just about, you know, owning that and taking power in that and empowering yourself, regardless of the support system around you, because when you don't live in alignment with yourself, it's very challenging to have a fulfilling life. And are you living for them? Or are you living for yourself where it comes exactly. to that point? Exactly. And as a mother and as a parent, like my objection with like, with my kids is to make sure that they're good human beings and that they have love in their heart and that they understand who they are at a soulful level and not the superficial layer that, you know, is shown to them is that they understand who they are you know, at the essence of their core and at their purest energetic form. So that is, you know, my guidance and my role as being their, their mother, their guide. Is there anything specific you do to teach that to your children? Yes. <laughs> um, I have very soulful conversations. Like I don't leave anything off topic when it comes to our soul. I ask them, you know, when they're about to make a decision in their life, especially my 13 year old, like he wants to be a medical doctor. And I told him, I said, listen, like, that's great. That's great. I will support you, whatever you decide to do with it, your life. However, is that, are you doing that for the financial, you know, abundance? Are you doing that for the right reason? Is that something that's going to fulfill your soul that you feel like you're serving humanity? So we have like these deep questions or like, I'll, I'll kind of ask him the deep riveting questions so that he can kind of seek a little further and not just kind of do what his friends are doing, or, you know, he thinks that this will make a good income or a good future, which it absolutely will but will it be fulfilling? And will you want to do this for the rest of your life? So it's yeah. just, it's just about having those questions and, you know, allowing my daughter and my other son to just, when something comes to them to just follow their instinct, right. And not just me getting in the middle and be like, don't do that. Be a good girl, be this, be that for them to be able to self-develop that and who they want to be in the character that they want to be, because I don't want to contribute and add to their shadow, right. And create a shadow within them. Yeah. So maybe you can just encourage them and be like, I can't wait to see how you figure that out. Or I am yeah. so excited and so supportive. I'm here for you. I'm looking forward to seeing how you're going to solve this. Yeah. Or I'll like, I'll pro them with little questions, you know, like what advice would you give mommy or what advice would you give your friend if they were doing the same thing? Do you think that was good behavior? You know, like yeah. just questioning in that sense or like, oh, wait, like, hmm. <laughs> No, I don't like the way that made me feel. Then why did you do it? <laughs> yeah, you you know, and just about having those little questions and having them kind of self-reflect at a very young age. And then I teach them about music frequency, about working with crystal balls, with drumming, and just being able to kind of, you know, vibrate and calibrate their little chakras in them the way that they should and that they kind of take this into their adulthood and that they're always able to calibrate themselves opposed to you know suffer from mental health issues learn young that yeah. you can control some of these things and then it'll keep your mind free for the things that you really need to do it sounds like yeah okay absolutely wow that's great that's great things you're doing for your family too Thank this you. This is wonderful. You are such a light and a gift. I've really enjoyed learning from you. It's thank been you. so beautiful. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Heidi. You're still here? 
Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. So what's in the future? Yeah, so I am like so immersed into the expansiveness of my business, which is absolutely incredible. However, there is another part of my mission that I know that I need to complete. And that is a little later down the road. However, I am kind of starting to think about it now and kind of plan for it now. So I do want to create a foundation um, for orphan children around the world. I want there to be communities built for these children so that they have love, support, and guidance so that they can truly reckon the gifts that they have within them and just be the powerful beings that they are instead of being lost into a system. Wow. Wow. I hope you do that. That's amazing. (laughs) You will. will. (laughs) We're going to have to follow you for sure and watch, watch you make this happen. That's beautiful. Amazing what you're doing for the world. I love that. That's so great. Just so inspiring and so uplifting. And it's just what I want this podcast to be about. So I just appreciate you contributing to that. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I hope to have you on my podcast. (laughs) What's your podcast going to be about? It's it's going to be about soul conversation. So just being soul to soul and just talking about everything and anything and anything that comes to mind and just having beautiful conversations and just inspiring and uplifting others. Oh, that does sound wonderful. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to do that. So that sounds awesome. Okay, well, I'll be watching for that too. (laughs) What's it called? Yeah, what's it going to be called? It's going to be called Soul to Soul with Roxanne. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.